Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. in what should never be. Look it up, lyrically speaking, musically speaking. One of the greatest tracks of our lifetime. Began underground in the bowels of London and uh, certainly was huge here in the States. I want to say that's Led Zeppelin 2, right? Catch the wind, see a spin, sail away, leave today. Way up high in the sky, but the wind don't blow. You really shouldn't go. It only goes to show that you will be mine by taking our time. Man, that's deep. That really is. That's Robert Plant. That's Jimmy Page. That's the late John Bonham, although they did not, uh, Bonzo didn't figure into the uh, the lyrics. Neither did maybe the greatest bassist of all time, John Paul Jones. Still, I think we talked about Bad Company last week and how. Every song was about love and making love. and That kept them out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Zeppelin, mm-mm. They're deep, but it's all about sex and drugs. And just a tiny bit of rock and roll. All right. No shortage of emotion right now in North Florida. My goodness. Either really, really up, really, really down. Again, what is and what should never be applies. Trevor Lawrence goes down. You can hear a pin drop. I mean, what happened? Walker Little gets blown back by Trey Hendricks. You, or Tred, uh, Ted Hendrickson, you, you um, apparently Parker Washington, who all of a sudden is forced to play because Christian Kirk goes out with a core injury. You're already without your backup slot man in Jamal Agnew. And, and Parker Washington, a guy who returned both kicks and punts, at Penn State, a fifth-round draft pick, all right, you're asking him to basically fear catch punts, right, and maybe here and there return one. All of a sudden, he becomes a huge part of this game. He did drop a punt, fell on it, caught six passes, including his first-ever pass uh, reception in the NFL, his first-ever touchdown, which if you look at that and you go back on it, it's pretty amazing I, I think that folks are like, man, he kept his body in, and he did. He kept several parts of his body in, but it's amazing to me that the defensive player, I think his last name was Hill, had two mitts on it, and it didn't really change the trajectory of the ball. I mean, he got both paws on that Trevor Lawrence pass, and it went right through his hands. This wasn't like Asante Samuel in the Super Bowl in the very next play. David Tyree caught that pass from, um, you know, Eli Manning. And I I referenced that last week. The Keon Coleman drop in the end zone at Florida, in my opinion, was identical to the Asante Samuel drop. You know, people forget, though. And I get it. I mean, you got your lives. You got a lot of stuff going on. You remember what you're going to want to remember. Everyone's going to remember the David Tyree reception. Uh, They're not going to remember by rule that Eli Manning was in the grasp. 
They're not going to remember the play before that, that Asante Samuel um, was, in fact, uh, in a position to put the game away, but did not catch an interception. That wasn't the case last night. This just somehow hit his thumbs, you know, his first his, his index finger, and, and just slid light, you know, right through. And Parker Washington cut it. So, anyway, a great night, but youth. Youth came in last night. Offensively, defensively. Offensively, apparently. And, and let's see if we – let's run this, uh, J.J., uh, part number four today from Doug Peterson, just talking about the overall miscommunication on the play where Trevor Lawrence was injured. Miscommunication with, with Parker and, and the decision he had uh, with his route. You know, there was a there was a defender outside of him, defender inside of him, and he was he was kind of caught in between. And, and, you know, it's just a young player that hasn't had a lot of time yet and a lot of reps out there and just uh, just an indecisive uh, decision on Parker's part uh, in that particular case, um, something that he'll learn from and, you know, get better. And then unfortunately it, it ended up with, uh, you know, with Trevor being injured. I'd heard that last night. I actually heard it with a couple of reporters talking, kind of jumped into it. And I, I still went out and asked uh, Doug Peterson about Parker Washington after last night's loss. But I, I think this is a big part of football that gets discussed and then it's kind of swept under the rug. Right, it only gets magnified with quarterbacks, or it only gets magnified with first-round picks. Okay, Trayvon Walker not getting to the quarterback last year, this year he's gotten better this year. That is going to be talked about ad nauseum. Anton Harrison, what a terrible call on that holding. I mean, once again, it's hard to watch games nowadays, and not have the officiating, right or wrong, um, end up being a, a, a major factor in, in just about every game that we watch. I mean, look at that Kansas City-Green Bay game. <laughs> the the, the non-call there. Uh, look at the missed call in Alabama-Georgia on, you know, you have a 29-game win streak for Georgia, and the ball's clearly touching uh, the field. And once again, the, the, but that's, that's the life we live in. They're not perfect. They're not trying to get it wrong. They're not paid off. They're not part of a collusion. It's a tough job. It's just awful when I think there's the lack of consistency on holding or lack of consistency on pass interference. You're either going to call it, you're not going to call it. The Florida State-Louisville game, they didn't call it. They let them play. Okay, and it's like a strike zone in Major League Baseball. If you're given a pitch that that's high and it's right there, you know, on the top part of the box, but you're consistent with that all night long, you can't all of a sudden in the ninth inning not make the same call. And I I, I think that that is what frustrates so many people when it comes to calls that have been consistent for three and a half quarters. Can you all of a sudden just flip the switch? I mean, just a, an awful call there on Anton Harrison. But anyway, my, my point here is for guys who are not in the first round. They're guys who were kind of thrown into it. Parker Washington was thrown into this. I've heard a little bit of, you know, not a lot, but there's been some that have put him on blast today. Uh, I'm not saying here. I'm saying 
you know, on the, on the mean streets of Twitter and, and what have you. Uh, I don't even look at message boards anymore. I don't even know if the Jaguars have message boards. Um, if so, I'm unaware of it. I, I think Twitter and— I think Reddit's become the message board. Reddit? Yes. Really? Yeah. Is it any good? I'm not on there, um, but it has a pretty good Jaguar following on there. I um I promised myself about a decade ago that I would leave message boards, and it, it was for one reason and one reason only. We see it here night after night on our text line. What I say and what you hear is two totally different things. I get called out every show about something that I said, but JJ and I will laugh because there will be times where someone will take something that I absolutely didn't say and play it back to us as if I did say it. At least that's one-on-one contact and you're reaching us, so I have an opportunity to tell you to go back and listen or I did not say it that way. You get the message board. Someone drops something. You see it a couple days later or a week later. So it became frustrating. So I just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to simply avoid them. And I don't even know if they're popular. So anymore. you weren't like uh, Knowles fan 69, 69, no. like defending yourself. <laughs> no, you know, when they first came out, when they first came in, uh, yes, but. I, I just God, I loved college football message boards back in the day. I I, I don't know. I I, I just felt like brings there, me back. There was so much um, nonsense. There was so many yes. shots that were taken by people that would never uh, say that to you one on one or ne- like like you know like yeah. Those people have just moved to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they're, okay. they're still around. But it, but but it at least for the most part on Twitter. It is directed to you. Oh, yeah. Instead now, of just vague to the whole thing. No, I don't even know because, I, you know, I'm not technically sound. Okay, I don't I don't even know if there's a way to search if – and if so, don't tell me because I don't want to know. I, I would never go in search of, you know, what are people saying about right. what I said. And that's kind of message board stuff, right? If, if you want to reach me directly, that's a totally different world. But, but anyway, um, Parker Washington's received a little bit of heat today. And I'm like, he's a fifth-round pick. They just threw this guy in there. And then you go to the other side of the field, and, you know, Doug Peterson's – it was one of the most uh, incredible reactions I've ever seen. And and for me, it was the second most interesting reaction that I've seen Doug Peterson be a part of this year. The first one was after the loss against Houston when he literally opened his mouth – and for four or five seconds, nothing came out. And I can only imagine what was going on throughout his entire brain during that particular time. I, I think he, well, actually, I don't know what he wanted to do. But it, it felt like, okay, you know, it felt like we're going to get a little bit of a, a, a parcels. Well, you need, if you want, if you want this thing to work the way it's supposed to work, then, you know, we need better players. So, but it never came out. He stood true to it, defended everything. But it was still awkward. Last night with the crowd was really, really, really bizarre. And for those who aren't in the know, Gregory Jr. last night was lost. He was not aware of what to do 
when Cincinnati ran a bunch of motion with their offense, and they continued to do that because it was creating fits for the Jaguars, who were just terrible on defense last night. I mean, Cincinnati came in with the worst rushing offense in the NFL, 32nd in pro football. And they ran the football right down Jacksonville's throat. Jacksonville was fourth against the run before last night's game. And, again, you can maybe cook those books a little bit in in, uh, in Jacksonville's way because Jacksonville's had a lot of leads. They forced teams in the second half to be primarily pass and just a little bit of run. So, yeah, if you want to argue that point, I'll listen to you. But still, they they in the ditch last night. They were incredibly physical. But with their motion offense and watching what Browning was doing, he also had a huge night. So again, you got young players out there, first and second year combination nickels, and in the case of Antonio Johnson, a safety. So Gregory Jr. All right, here's my whole point about this. Here's two examples: Parker Washington, Gregory Jr. lost miscommunication, not mentally prepared, okay? This is their full-time job. It doesn't matter. We talk about this all the time in college with a freshman, right? But we very easily uh, leave it alone in the NFL game unless it's a quarterback or unless it's a first-round pick. And this year, that has not been the case. Tank Bigsby has gotten lit up. The whole thing on Brenton Strange has kind of been unusual. You know, you, you, you see Abdullah had opportunities in what? The first month of the season. He's been inactive since. That was the best Jacksonville could do to, to really aid their pass rush after losing Arden Key was to go out and get a fifth-round guy who's not even dressing on game day. Now you're talking about late-round picks this year and last year. If you look at Antonio Johnson... Parker Washington, and Gregory Jr. Uh, It reared its ugly head last night in a loss. And the best part of all this, are you ready? Here we go. Time for the obligatory. Uh, The eye test last night will tell you that it was not a good game at all for Gregory Jr. Ah, enter pro football focus. The second highest rated Jacksonville Jaguar player Period. Not offense and defense. Period. Gregory Jr. at 82.2 during his 37 snaps. I don't know why I go to this every week. It drives me absolutely crazy. Who knows what in the hell the folks at Pro Football Focus are actually watching. But uh, there you have it. On the other side, every once in a while you're like, okay, I see that. The grades of the offensive linemen were just awful. You know, Jacksonville cannot run the football right now. That's a big problem. And when you lose your quarterback, that becomes a massive problem. Anyway, where I wanted to go with this is this could have been devastating. This could have been season ending. And and yeah, there would have been a cry and a rallying of the troops and a you know, we can get there, and we believe in C.J. Beathard. I mean, there would have been a calling. And frankly, the schedule's not hard, okay? You're the only team in the NFL that is yet to lose on the road. Certainly love uh, the opportunity 
um, at Tampa, at Tennessee. Okay, I think Tennessee will be out of it clearly by then, especially after what happened this weekend, victories by both Indianapolis um, as well as Houston. Love the chances at home here against Carolina. So realistically, can you win one of the next two? Can you win at Cleveland on the road where it looks like it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence? Can you win here on a Sunday night again, another nationally televised game against Baltimore? Well, you take them week to week, but it's not murderer's row. Okay, what I'm getting at here is I honestly think with C.J. Beathard, you can go three and two or four and one if he was your quarterback the next five weeks. Now, the goal all along, and it was the goal going into last night. If you won that game, it would have been about getting the top seed, being the team that gets a bye in the AFC, being able to host football games here throughout the entire playoffs. Are those dreams gone? Perhaps. You're not going to rush back Trevor Lawrence. That much we know. Let's get back to Doug Peterson. One more comment here uh, before um, we um, take our first break of the night. Let's get to uh, let's get to number two. This is, uh, again, more on Doug Peterson today, talking about the injury with Trevor Lawrence and now the preparation for C.J. Bethard. No, it's good. It's good to get C.J., um, you know, a full week of uh, preparation, obviously. You know, Trevor will stay uh, mentally, mentally sharp and, and, and obviously see where he's at. But uh, to give to give CJ, you know, the time this week with the offense, uh, with uh, Luke Fortner, you know, with the center quarterback stuff and, and working with the running backs, uh, it, it'd be good. It'd be good for CJ. And, and um, otherwise, I thought, you know, last night, CJ filled in, filled in nicely. First of all, I got to say this. I did not know there were so many doctors in Jacksonville. Everyone from my neighbor to the mailman, to uh, it just doesn't matter. I mean, everyone's a doctor, and, and everyone could look at it and say, oh, he rolled it, that's grade one, he's out three to six. No, 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 that's grade two, he's going to be out uh, one to three, or vice versa. Again, I'm not a doctor, I, I, and I'm not even going to try to play one on the radio, but it was amazing last night. It was insane, okay, just Watching the rollback, then the fall on. It was a combination ankle injury. But immediately, it's like, come on, man. Everyone's bones are different. Everyone's ligaments are different. It's not necessarily about pain tolerance. Trevor Lawrence is a is a tough guy. These are all tough guys. It's about what you can and what you cannot do. It's not going to come down to whether or not Trevor Lawrence is feeling pain or not. There's ways around that. See your doctor. The other side is, and the most important part is, where's his push? Where's his burst? Where's his ability to stick the foot in the ground? Where's his ability to tuck and run? Where's his ability to avoid the pocket, okay, which has been a, a, a really poor offensive line it remains the biggest problem with the Jacksonville Jaguars I don't have any idea I've been asked a hundred times when's he going to come back I don't know my guess is not a prayer this Sunday not a prayer I'm sure Trevor Lawrence would love to play against Baltimore a week from Sunday night here under the lights is he going to play I don't know everyone is different and you're just going to have to take this on a 
on a week-to-week basis. I mean, look at the last two teams. You just took on Cincinnati without Joe Burrow. Look at that performance by Jake Browning. Now you're going into Cleveland where Joe Flacco was the starting quarterback last week. They just got him off the couch. He was your starter in Los Angeles. And and that's that's going to be your matchup this weekend. A C.J. Beathard, Joe Flacco game. Important for both teams. Cleveland trying to hang on to a wild card spot. Obviously, the Jaguars with a one-game lead in the AFC South, but still trying to get home field, whether it's the overall top buy or at least, you know, a, a week one uh, home playoff game. So a, a ton to do, and we're going to discuss that throughout here as we get things started on this Tuesday edition. All right, as always, you can get involved with the program. Jaguar fans, we'll grab some calls tonight, 641-1010. But, but I mean, it, it could be so much worse. So just stop for a minute and, and tell yourself that, okay? It could be so much worse. Just for, for 10 seconds, imagine if it came down that he was gone for the year last night, like what happened in Cleveland and like what happened in Cincinnati, okay? Just imagine that. That's not the case. You may miss him for three weeks, four weeks. You may miss him for five weeks. You may not get him back into the playoffs. But at least he is coming back, and you know that this is a playoff team. So it could be a heck of a lot worse than it actually is. 641-1010 on the text line. Uh, you can also we'll take some JAG calls tonight, 641 1010 opening comments brought to you by Schmunez Vision. All right, family organization. They focus on personal high quality medical and surgical eye care. Located out at the beach. Uh, combined, if you add Dr. Catherine Schmunez, that's more than 30 years in laser eye surgery experience. All right, and the older we get, whether it's your cornea, whether it's issues with uh, cataract, it, it, it's just something that comes up again and again. And again, so regardless of what it may be, if it involves you, your kids, your grandparents, whomever, check them out today. Just go to schmunezvision.com. That is their website, schmunezvision.com. All right, we got plenty to do tonight. We're going to roll till 10 right here on a Wednesday. Uh, make that a Tuesday edition. Tomorrow night, we're with you. Six to eight. That's the deal as well. Thursday and Friday. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Mm-hmm. Such a sweet melody. And the perfect song to take the stroll to. Just beware, Johns. That's a tough thing. I mean, good, good luck talking your, talking your way out of that. Um... Although, regardless of what you say, I bet it would be better than what Boo Corrigan said. Just my opinion. I am, uh, by the way, making a uh, a public statement tonight. Okay, as you know, we are with you. uh, uh, Make that six to eight, four nights a week. Uh, Tonight we come on after the ladies of helmets and heels. I'm, I'm not going to really get into the college football playoff and the Florida State angst tonight. 
I'm just not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's already 8.30. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow at 6. And I've thought about it. Talked to JJ about it. Not to say I don't value this audience. I do. But I, I, I just, the Jaguars right now are the most important story. The injury to Trevor Lawrence right now is the most important story. And the NFL gets it right. Whether you like it or not, they play the games on the field. And you have devastating injuries. If Trevor Lawrence had gotten knocked out last night and his season was over, guess what? The Jaguars still have five games to play. The Jaguars still go to the playoffs. Okay? Um, that's, that's the league that we love. College football is always going to be clouded with controversy. And there's a ton this year. But I, I know so much more than – I'm not saying my colleagues. I just – I know so much more. And there's so many fingers being pointed here. It, you're still missing a couple of really big issues that have not been reported, that have been buried. And a lot of it is on Florida State themselves. And it involves the incredible, asinine um, work by the BOT, okay, by their board of trustees, to publicly come out, publicly, and state that they're better than the ACC. They set this up themselves for them to fall. They never believed that Florida State would have an undefeated season. If so, Drew Weatherford and the chair and the board of trustees wouldn't have publicly come out and ripped the ACC, asked out of the grant of rights, where they didn't even have a landing partnership. They didn't even know what particular conference. So that's just a little part of it. But, but that right there, I'm guessing a lot of you haven't been told. A lot of you aren't aware of. And it goes much deeper than that. And there's a lot of things. Propaganda. Conspiracy. I mean, so many things that, that have happened here that are ignored. And I'm going to get to it. And it's going to be incredibly thorough. I know some of you can say, you're still complaining about this? Well, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I didn't have a show last night with Monday Night Football. Tonight, I come on later. I'm going to do it tomorrow night at 6. And I'm already fired up for it. Not as fired up as for Brandon, however, who was first up tonight on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Welcome. Good evening. How you doing tonight? What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, my only concern, uh, well, it was really hurtful to see Trevor go down. Uh, when I saw it last night, my jaw dropped, uh, especially with the whole Florida State incident, how that happened, how it had me feeling, and then seeing Trevor go down. Uh, but my only issue was, uh, was it a reason, do you know uh, the reason why they didn't bring the cart out? Because watching him walk through the tunnel last night, that, that hurt even worse, you know, him, him putting all that weight on. Uh, do you know if there's a reason why they didn't bring the cart out last night? That kind of just hurt watching him walking through the tunnel. And uh, I'll just let you uh, answer that. Thank all right, Brandon, thank you. you. You know, that's interesting because I'm, I'm, I know both those gentlemen really well. Um. And I talked with Mike, who, who, who heads that up last night. We talked all about the injury. But I never thought to ask about the cart. 
I, I just didn't. And, you know, I, I'll send a text off right now. I, I better get an answer in minutes. Um, my guess is that he said he didn't need a cart. I, but, I, you know, I didn't even think to ask that. I, I asked so many different questions last night and was in conversations with other members of the media about this and about that and There's what have you. There's people that are tweeting that were on the sideline that said he, I guess he wanted to walk. Okay, yeah, that's, but that, I mean, that would be my guess. To me, I think the medical staff should be like, I don't care what you want to do. Hey, Brandon, what do you think? I'm still the sideline reporter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ask Bucky Brooks. Call his show, Brandon. Hey, Jeez. man, you know, what do you think? To, yeah. Um. But, no, I think that <laughs> it is – the responsibility of the medical professionals to be like, dude, just sit down in the damn cart. Let us drive you. Because he yeah. also apparently walked the whole length of the field back the other way towards the wherever the medical room is. Yeah. You know, he went through the opposite tunnel. It was weird. Yeah, I never took saw shots him. at him for that today. But I saw all Jacksonville like going to defend him, <gasps> clutching their pearls. Oh, my God, talking about this organization in this city, we must defend them. It it was weird. Yeah. It, it you know, I I really didn't even think that much about it. Um I was like Coward was somebody, taking shots at him? Cow heard. Oh. I was like, can somebody get uh Christian Kirk a cart? Yeah. He looked way worse. I mean, like I, he was hobbling too. And he goes down and you know, I'm thinking my my first reaction is I hope it's win. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I said. I say, you know, I was sitting next to Coach Campo and and Lauren Brooks, and and I said, man, I hope it's wind. And then all of a sudden, it appears it's not wind. Then I thought it was like a separated shoulder. Yeah. Or... Then you think it's a growing, and, and and apparently it is. But now you get into that core injury, and again, I, I, I mean, the core injury, man. It, Brandon Sheriff played with that all last year. He had hernia surgery. You know, after the season, um, apparently surgery's coming here today. As a matter of fact, we have uh, these are all Trevor. Actually, last night he did not know. I have his comments from Doug Peterson last night, and at that particular point, he wasn't aware of it. But anyway, Peterson did go on uh, to say that. Let me see if I can find that for you. Here we go, right here. If you're wondering, this is exactly what Doug Peterson said today involved with Christian. Uh, Christian Kirk, and I quote, Christian has a core muscle injury. He's going to miss some time. He'll be out. I believe he'll need surgery. We're going to send the images off to get another look at it, make sure we have the right diagnosis and the right plan of attack for Christian moving forward. That sucks. It is. He's putting up huge years, huge numbers, incentive-laden numbers with receptions and yards. And, you know, it, it was one of those – Freak injuries, too, where I don't want to say there was no – well, there was. It was basically – you know, he was avoiding guys, but – Looked he, like a normal play. Well, mm-hmm. Difficult, no doubt. Harry. Sorry there. Let's I get was to- just about to say, my Kirk over Ridley for yards this season, I was feeling very confident about that pick. Now, not so much. Before I bring Harry on, let, just let me take a quick Pete here. Um, I gave, I gave out two all year. I gave out the Jaguars winning the AFC South. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, they only got one game lead now with five to go after this, uh, after this injury. I mean, this division's playing a lot better 
than I thought that they uh, would. What's the tiebreaker after head-to-head? Is it conference? Conference. Just conference, not in division record. I believe it's conference. Yeah. So I had um, Jaguars to win the AFC South, and then I had one other bet, and that was uh, Travis Etienne over 42 receptions. 41 and a half, actually. Travis Etienne is at 40 right now. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, but he's had a chest issue. I mean, look at last night's game. You've, you, Devon Hamilton's a healthy scratch. You bring him back. You bring back Tyson Campbell for the first time in five weeks, and then, bam, you lose Christian Kirk. You lose Trey Herndon. You lose Trevor Lawrence. Andre Sisco goes out with a shoulder. He comes back. Big Foley goes out. With I've seen both a toe and a heel contusion. Doug Peterson described it more as the latter. Uh, did I miss anyone? Walker Little. I, I, I mean, this was – I did tweet this last night. The All the years that I spent as the Jaguars team sideline reporter, I don't ever remember a game like this. They just kept going down and down and down. And obviously that'll crush a team. Doesn't matter who you are, and it's isn't a battle it always, of attrition. Isn't it always the games where you you expect them to roll through? You know, like the Jordan Travis injury. It's always those games, man. It is. It's never like Florida versus Florida State. You know, it wasn't the Jags versus the Chiefs. It was a game where you just expected the Jags to roll over them. For the most part, yeah. I, I, Nick Foles, you know, on the play he threw the touchdown. Yeah, that true. was against the Chiefs, but. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it seems like uh, when you least yeah, expect it. it, that's when it happens. Harry, you were next up. Welcome. Yeah, hey, I was just I wanted to touch the what the other guy was saying about the car. He should – the medical uh, should have had overrided him and said, look, you need to – because when they showed the, the him walking in the tunnel, and he was grimacing. I thought he was going to keel over. He had so much uh, pain and everything, and uh, – uh, I just hope uh, I'm worried about the offensive line too getting it back together because if they're if they don't get it together, you know it, that's even going to be another that's going to be still an existing problem. Enjoy your guys' program, thanks, guys. I right, take care, and um, it's always been my biggest problem. And I've been hollering about the offensive line. Longtime listeners can appreciate that um, simply because it's easy now to say, oh yeah. But I've always been all over this. You can never have enough offensive line. Walker Little can't go this weekend? Oh, my God. I mean, you're already without Cam. Now you're without Walker Little. But I, I think the defense, and again, and that's why I basically started with it tonight, is I think in the building, what you're hearing is, well, that's not on the offensive line. It's not on the offensive line because Walker Little did his job. Parker Washington was supposed to run a quick out, and instead he kept running downfield. So... Trevor hung on to the football too long as opposed to getting rid of it when he should. Um, That's being used, whether you agree with that. And that's why I started with a fifth-round rookie. I mean, you just – you go to a bar room right now and and you talk to, you know, um, Harry the Ham and Egger and Joe Sixpack and and, and you buy a round. They say, hey, how about Parker Washington last time? He had a great game. Six balls, six receptions, six for six. You're like, but Touchdown. he almost killed Trevor. And then, like, <laughs> one out of every ten Jaguar fans 
who are going to listen to this, and I'm not calling it propaganda. I'm not saying the guy should be torn up for it, but there are some out there like, why didn't he know the play? It's his full-time job, right? I mean, it's his full-time job. He ran the wrong route. Your star quarterback held on to the ball. (laughs) Same thing on defense with Gregory Jr. Lost in the motion offense. You know, to the point where <laughs> did Doug Peterson, <clears throat> I was going to say, did you really say it? Of course he said it. I was sitting right there when he said it. He, he was a, I, I've never heard anyone complain about the we crowd could, being loud on defense. You want to play that? Yes, please do. Yeah, this was from yesterday after the game. Well, I mean, listen, if you're on the field, were you on the field? No. Could you hear the crowd? Yeah, I could hear it. No. What do you mean? If you're on the field and the crowd as loud as they are when we're on defense, you're going to have – we have to reiterate communication. And that's all it is. It's just, it's just double-checking with everybody. It's not communication issues. It's just being able to communicate the calls effectively. So there's a lot of talk that has to go back and forth because of the way the crowd – and the crowd was great today, you know, and, and that's what you want. And it, it does kind of, you know, put your defense in a little bit of a bind – because of that, right? Um, no different than the offense going into an environment that's very loud. Communication, I wouldn't say they're issues. They're just, you just got to over, over-communicate. Oh, boy. Oh dumbest, boy. dumbest excuse I've ever heard. Um, like, don't you think I was the sitting, offense is having a worse time of it than you guys? I was sitting right next to Demetrius Harvey at the Florida Times Union when he asked that question. And when Doug's like, what do you mean? And it kind of went back and forth. And when he started talking about that, I thought he was wrong and that he was talking about offense. I was like, there's no way. There's, I kept saying to myself, what? What? I'm like, there is no way. No way. I mean, we, we just went through Danny Cannell saying that, you know, people are – laying out blankets and sipping wine at home games and that this team's going to London, they don't have a ravishing crowd, and that, and then all of a sudden your head coach is like, yeah, you guys are a little bit too loud. We go on to, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here saying to myself, is this really happening right now? And, and by the way, I'm a huge Doug Peterson guy. Monumental mistake monumental mistake. There's no other way to say it. It's it's really, really bad. Since you have been still filling up your diaper, your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, the fat drunk uncle, the the auntie who doesn't even care, doesn't even know who's playing, but she's baking cookies every once in a forever. It's make noise when you're on defense. And now you've got your nickel corner who can't figure out what to do because they're running some motion, which they were either unprepared for or he's asleep during team meetings. And the crowd's too loud? Get me out of this one in three, two, one. To you tomorrow. 
Take my hand, child, come with me It's to a castle I will take you Where what's to be they say will be Into the Night with Rick Balloon on 1010XL 92.5 FM all right, coming up, hour number two, we're going to get back to the Jaguars. We're going to grab your phone calls. Jaguars only, 641-1010, also 641-1010 on the text line. It's really a beaten-up team. We're going to go through that a little bit. And unfortunately, now they have a short week and got to go to a difficult place to play, Cleveland. You know, you just look at the NFL, and I do all the time, and crazy things happen. Okay, they they play the games uh, in this league. You you have things happen like Green Bay knock off Detroit on Thanksgiving, Green Bay knocking off Kansas City. All right, Cleveland. It's felt like for a while that it's a, you know, it's a four foot uphill putt with with no break, and you're on it and you got it. Well, they're a seven and five football team. Okay, they're five and one at home. Jacksonville remains the only team on the planet who is not lost outside of Jacksonville. Okay, they've won seven ball games out of Duval. That's going to end. It's just going to end. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It doesn't work that way. Okay, I mean, they've won every game away. And, you know, they've won nine straight regular season away games. If you include the last three that they won last year, I'm not counting the playoff loss. I'm talking about regular season games. So there's always different ways to look at things. And I know people, well, every game's a different game, and and yes and yes. But, uh, yeah, this, this line is completely flipped. After the Trevor Lawrence injury, it's it's flip sides, and I got to believe that more and more money is coming in right now on Cleveland. But you know, we, we will take a look at that uh, during the second hour. And the injuries is the biggest problem right now for the Jaguars. The issue next to that, what about this rushing attack? It has been non-existent for the last three weeks. I mean, just look at the numbers last night. It was actually the best out of the last three games for Travis Etienne if you look at his average per, but still, 11 carries, 45 yards, an average of 4.1. I interviewed Dearness Johnson last week, played it for you, still think he can really help out. This man did not have a chance on two of his five carries. He was completely swallowed up like into his second step after being handed the football from either Trevor or CJ. Defenses knew that he was getting the ball, and he got crushed. He ended up with five carries for four yards. Hey, I'm not a D. Ernest Johnson apologist. I'm not. I'm just, I'm spitting out straight facts. He didn't have a chance last night. They knew he was getting the ball. So you add all this up, you're talking about the Jaguar running backs. 16 carries, 49 yards. This is a big-time issue 
right now with this football team. I do not believe they are going to go deep into the playoffs unless something happens. Right now, you have Travis Etienne averaging 3.8 yards a carry. He's got 205 for the year, and he's got a chest rib issue. He's not 100%. Tank Bigsby did not get a carry last night. He was in for two plays, quarterback sneaks. His average per carry is 2.4. Dearness Johnson, 31 carries, 90 yards. His average on the year, 2.9. They're trying reverses with wide receivers. What, Ridley last night? Let's see here. Ridley had three carries for seven yards. Bethard had one carry for seven yards. Trevor, five for eight. I appreciate and respect that they haven't abandoned the run. In the last three weeks, 25 rushing carries, you know, 25 rushing attempts last night, uh, 39 passing attempts. That is a little bit more one-sided to the pass game. Last two weeks, they had 30 rushes. The week prior to that, they had 36 rushes. 25, still not bad. I'd, I'd like to see it around 30. But at least there's, you know, they haven't abandoned running the football. They're just not having any success running the football. It's pretty simple. I mean, teams are saying, you're going to have to beat us by throwing the ball. You're not going to beat us on the ground. We're going to eat you up. We're going to eat up that interior offensive line. And again, pro football focus, you can do whatever you want. And, and you can grade any way you want your eyes. The eye test. Jacksonville could not run the football between the tackles last night. And that's a terrible rushing defense in Cincinnati. They just ate them up. Let's get ready for our second hour. I, I, I don't know what this organization is going to do with this offensive line in 2024. I know a lot of you don't want to think about that now, and I get it. You got five games remaining in the playoffs. Luke Fortner is getting pushed around. Brandon Sheriff is getting old. Ezra Cleveland last night didn't look to me like, you know, hey, let's get this guy re-signed right now. Maybe he'll give us a hometown discount. He didn't look down. You know, the, the, the lowest three, the three lowest rated Jaguar players last night, according to Pro Football Focus, Brandon Sheriff, a 37. A 37. Luke Fortner of 51-8, which is actually high for him. He's consistently in the 48s. Ezra Cleveland, 54.5. How can you run? Your right guard, your center, and your left guard are your three lowest-ranked pro football focus numbers. You can't run the ball. So... And now you've got Walker Little, who's hurt. And what about the confidence of your right tackle? <laughs> they throw that horse crap flag on him. I mean, that what what an indictment to a man's psyche. I don't care 
I don't care who you are or who you rooted for or who you were betting on or if you were playing the over or the under. I mean, you cannot look at that call last night and say that was the right call. Anton Anton Harrison got absolutely screwed. Jaguar fans got screwed on that call. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. That officiating. And, they, you know, I watched it the night before with Green Bay and, and uh, in Kansas City, man. I, I just, God, the officiating's bad. It's just really, really, really bad. It's like, when's the last time you've watched a game where it doesn't come into play? It, it, it does. And, and sometimes it works incredibly for you. And then other times it works just god awful against you. And I think that's going to be the case. I do. I think you'll see it come rear its ugly head during these college football playoff games. I think it will come and rear its ugly head during the NFL playoff games. And we all remember Miles Jack wasn't down, but it just it, it seems like it's unavoidable on a week-to-week basis, affecting games each and every Saturday and Sunday. All right, let's get back to our second hour. Uh, Jag fans, uh, best way to get us is the text line. That's 641 you can also get us on uh, – we'll take some phone calls, 641-1010. I love this. Uh, Baloo, the Knowles would have gotten in if Deion Sanders was the coach. Okay. I believe you. I believe they would have gotten in because of all the love and all the attention that Deion Sanders would have gotten. But there's no way Deion Sanders in this football team would have gone 13-0. and zero. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, a lot of angst. It's supposed to be the um, holiday season, right? A lot of upset people out there. I get it. There's a, there's a whole bunch of uh, concern, a bunch of negativity. How about my folks out in Tallahassee tonight? Tallahassee Quarterback Club. You know who their Tuesday night guest speaker was? Come in, sit down, we'll eat a steak, we'll drink some scotch, we'll tell some stories. Guess who their Tuesday night speaker was? Was it Boo? It wasn't Boo. Boo Corrigan. Almost as bad. (laughs) Joe Tessitor. The same man who on Saturday night was openly rooting for Louisville to knock off Florida State in every third play. How about Alabama today knocking off? What about the Texas? I mean, I understand that the Tallahassee quarterback club is not affiliated with Florida State. I get that. But don't act like you're flying in dignitaries week after week after week from different places throughout the United States of America to meet in old Tallahassee to bring in such guests as Joe Tessitore. The people live in Tallahassee. The people are Florida State fans. They hand out the Bolitnikoff Award. I used to be really close with some members, really good guys, you know, decades ago. That town is aching 
in in right in a world where everyone's getting canceled. You pick up the phone and say, Joe Tessitore, your call Saturday night sucked. We'll pay you your 50 grand. You can come out here anyway and stay in your beautiful hotel. We'll still give you a steak dinner and a bottle of scotch, but we no longer want to hear from you. And you know, earlier we were talking about message board, tough guys, and texting and and how no one will ever say anything directly to anyone else how much you want to bet all those old salts tonight in god's country are steaming you can see the smoke come out of their ears they're so pissed but you and i both know that what did joe tessitore uh, joe tessitore do tonight he went up there and he totally gaslighted him he told them exactly what they wanted him to hear, how great Mike Norvell is, how great that defense is, how awful he feels that Florida State got screwed out of the college football playoff. And it just sat back and took it. Unbelievable. Just incredible, man. I mean, if there was ever a time to just say no, uh, this would have been it. 75-36, Blue, why not give Tank the ball if he's bigger and stronger and can break tackles and he ran well um, against Tennessee? It, you know, he got one carry a week ago for six yards. That was a good carry, and they never went back to him. Let me go get the, de- let me go get the play uh, sheet. I, I um, believe he only had two carries, and I said that earlier. Yeah, he only had two. He only had two plays, you know, two snaps last night, and they were both on quarterback snaps uh, or or quarterback sneaks. I um, <clears throat> I think they uh, I, I I I think this is a concern for all of these rookies. There doesn't seem to be a whole heck of a lot of Faith in rookie players not named Anton Harrison. You you got nothing out of Brenton Strange. He's hurt right now. But he had that one big game or what? He was targeted three times, had a couple of receptions and a touchdown. I mean, for the year, I'll look it up. Your second-round draft pick in a year where you need so much on that offensive line, where you could, you know, it's it's so frustrating for Jag fans. I get it. Let's see here. Brenton Strange. Guy's played 11 games. He has four receptions, 34 yards. Okay. Um, So if you're grading rookies, which is unfair 12 games in, but heck, I'll do it anyway. You know, Anton Harrison, I'm going to give him an A. He's taking on some of the toughest defenders that you can ask for. Um, He would have played a a really good game last night if it wasn't for that awful call. Some of you may argue with that, Gray, but the guy's played almost every snap. And he's going to get better. I'm, I'm giving him two thumbs up. Brenton Strange, second-round pick, four receptions. I'm not going to fail him. But, you know, what did they used to say when the summer years when you would visit your guidance counselor? You, young man, you're just not college material, right? I mean, the guy's caught four balls. <laughs> Tank Bigsby? 
your third round pick? Let's <laughs> 36 carries, 86 yards, a pedestrian, 2.4 per. And he's remembered more for major fumbles and not grabbing that bizarre play, what, against Indianapolis? Um, you know, that's a D minus, minus, minus. Third round, you know, um, I don't have the draft order in front of me. Let me see this here. Draft 2023. But I already talked about, uh, you see, all right, here we go. Uh, Ventrell Miller, all right, that one is a given. This was a red shirt year. I see Ventrell every week. He's in good spirits. I Talked to him recently between uh, before Florida State, Florida. Talked before Florida State uh, or Florida, Georgia. Yeah, he's been injured. They knew that when they drafted him. Fifth round, Tyler Lacey. All right, got some early burn, right? I mean, he's been kind of just a kind of just a guy. Hasn't really done too much of anything. Tyler Lacey last night was active. He gave you three snaps. All right, and and this is in a ball game. Where they allowed, <laughs> what did they allow? The worst rushing offense. I, I'm laughing because I'm pissed. The, the, the worst rushing offense in the National Football League, the Cincinnati Bengals, okay, with Jake Browning as their quarterback. Last night, Jake Browning looked like Ken Anderson, for crying out loud. I was going to say he looked like Boomer, but he didn't have long blonde hair, um, throws left-handed, and is incredibly annoying. Uh, Browning, uh, let, let's see here. Cincinnati last night ran 156 yards rushing. They averaged like 79 coming in. They nearly, they more than doubled. Or they, they were right at their double as far as rushing offense uh, for the season. They did that last night. Fifth round pick, Yasir Abdullah, inactive. Your other fifth-round pick, Antonio Johnson. Okay, Antonio Johnson last night replaced Gregory Jr. when he had a cramp, had a cramping issue. Let's see. Last night he gave you 19 plays, and again he graded out very well, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. I actually am a big fan of Antonio Johnson. I think he's going to be a good football player. I do. Uh, Parker Washington, we've talked about him ad nauseum. Really good game. Apparently he ran the wrong route during the Trevor injury. Again, he's been on the IR most of the year, came back, has now been returning punts as a six-round guy. Okay, they've that, that that's a decent grade. And, and you also now have confidence with Kirk out that, that Washington can actually be a part of this, right? I would think he's been working more with Bethard than he has with with Trevor, because that's, you know, more of second team type of offense. So maybe he'll fit in nicely there. That'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Braswell and Hallett both cut, right, or on the uh, uh, practice squads, if you will. Um, Cooper Hodges, IR. Uh, Raymond Vahasic, I, I know he was cut. I wonder if he came back on the practice. I mean, Practice squad nowadays so hard to keep a hold of. There's 16 guys on. I think he's gone. Yeah, it was uh, Henry Mondu who they brought back, who was not drafted. So yeah, Vahasic is gone, and Derek Parrish is uh, 
is gone. So, I, you know, that's a, outside of Anton Harrison, uh, that's really pretty, pretty lean. And there is a chance here now with five games remaining that you really do get some solid play and perhaps, you know, contributions from a fifth rounder in Antonio Johnson and a sixth rounder in Parker Washington. Uh, that is a chance. Uh, 33-73, Blue, do you think Trevor starts uh, just to keep his streak alive and then he'll take him out after a handoff? No. <laughs> no. no. What streak? 46 career starts? No. Mm-mm. I, 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 I'm one of those who does believe that Trevor's really not a, uh, a stat guy. There are some who are. There are some who totally know. Brad Johnson was great. You ever do an interview with Brad Johnson? It was like every interview he'd say, well, you know, I'm 75 and 38 as a starter. And I love Brad. I mean, he was legitimately a guy that I knew when I went to Florida State with him before I got in the media. And struck up a friendship with him then. But there are certain guys who are totally aware of what they're doing number wise, numbers-wise in, in all sorts of different sports. There are others who it just doesn't matter. I think that's kind of the case here. Does not even apply. Uh, <laughs> 52-62, Rick, even the great John Riggins wouldn't get a yard with our line. It's... It's fair. <laughs> John Riggins behind the hogs. Man. Yeah. You know, Jay, I'm trying to talk myself out of this. It's like, it's like, I don't want to beat, I don't want to beat people when they're down. But I also have to be realistic. This isn't a Super Bowl team. It's not. You're not strong enough in the ditch. You can't win in this league if you're weak in the ditch. And they've been getting blown off the ball. And defensively last night, they got whipped. They got lit up. I mean, they've kept Devon Hamilton out to apparently get him stronger and to get him ready mentally and physically. Um, Foley's got a toe or a heel. Trayvon Walker made a couple of nice plays, kind of disappeared. I mean, Allen made monumental plays last night. But when you, when you get into playoff football and, and you're getting into environments where, man, you may be going to Kansas City, you may be going to Baltimore, you may be playing some cold-weather football Games, particularly with Baltimore, a team that can run the football. And what do you think now offensive coordinators are going to be looking at when Jacksonville was struggling the way that they did with simple motion concepts? It's not like Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals invented a new wave of football last night. They they were lost. I I. I'm a huge Deshae uh, Townsend fan, the passing game coordinator. Love him. He's infectious. 
I'll never forget the conversation I had with him a couple of years ago when Jacksonville had nine takeaways, and he came in. And I asked him about how they could become a team that began to take the football away. And, and it, was a, it was a legitimate question. I, I, I didn't know the answer to it. I still don't know if I know the answer to it. I mean, do you practice that? Do you practice punching the ball out? Do you practice, you know, hanging on to the ball, picking off a ball? How many times college and pro? Uh, you know, look at the Florida State team. They only turned the ball over five times all year. How many times did Florida State have interceptions that they dropped? And Jacksonville was doing that. And I asked Deshae Townsend about it, and, and he gave me, I can't even paraphrase his answer now, but it was, it was the look in his eye, and I could tell that like in a teaching moment that a man like this is going to make a difference. And Jacksonville went from 9 to 27. What do they have now, 21-22 with five games remaining? So it has worked. But younger guys are going to struggle. And we, we noticed that last night. I mean, this is a huge coaching week, an enormous coaching week. Jacksonville can't walk in there and say, oh, my God, Walker Little's out. Oh, my God, Christian Kirk's out. Oh, my God, Trevor Lawrence is out. Oh, my God, Trey Herndon's in the concussion protocol. Oh, oh my God, Big Foley's got a toe. Oh, my gosh, uh, Gregory Jr.'s got cramps. Oh, my God, Andre Sisko's got a shoulder. Oh, my gosh, Cam Robinson is out again. I mean, you can't do that. You got to teach. And there's going to be more emphasis this week on Gregory Jr. and Antonio Johnson on knowing where in the hell they are supposed to be when you go to Cleveland if all of a sudden Cleveland goes into a motion offense. And I'm not up to par as much on Cleveland as I should. I usually spend Tuesday um, looking at the opponent. I didn't after last night with Monday Night Football. I knew it was going to be a disaster uh, getting out of there with the, <laughs> with the traffic. So you know what I did last night, JJ? I think you'll appreciate this. I, um, I, I, I knew it was going to take, even after the interviews and all that stuff, I walked out, it was probably 12.30, 12.20. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you would think the game just ended. The traffic was ridiculous. So that's why I had my GF drop me off, and I said, listen, it's going to take forever. I'm just going to walk over and have some beers, and I'll take, a, um, I'll take a, uh, an Uber home. So I walk over to Tailgaters, okay? Uh, get away at twelve thirty. Last calls at two o'clock. You know, I, I I'm depressed about Florida State. I'm depressed about Trevor Lawrence. I, I looked in the mirror. I became even more depressed. You just so, slept there. So I had like seven or eight Miller lights. Right. Get an Uber. Guess how much an Uber at two a.m. cost to get to my house last night? Probably because of the game. I uh, like forty bucks. Ninety six. No dollars. What? 96. Dude, Dude I live we were out. just talking about the service industry. I live, well, hey, we were talking about the service industry. I'm all up for Uber now. And I tipped this guy, you know, I, I you know, I, I, don't, I forget what it was, 25, $20, $25. They get a big tip anyway. Oh, my. That is, that's like, 
You know, when they pick you up from the airport, they give you a like a twenty thirty dollar charge on top of that because they know like, hey, you need us. You know, nobody gets their friends to pick them up from the airport anymore. No, no. And 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 this truth be truth be told, this is what I envisioned. Okay. Got a bunch of buddies. They're in, see, I'm petrified. Petrified of even sipping a cocktail and getting in my beautiful key GMC Sierra. Yeah, that'll cost you more than ninety six right. bucks. I will not I, I just cops don't even bother pulling me over, okay? Because I I will not get behind the wheel if I uh, if I drink. But this is what I envisioned: Jassel is going to smoke them. Jassel is going to win this game by double digits. They're going to cover. I'm going to meet some cronies in the parking lot. In a, I'll either get a ride home from them, or B, I'll call an Uber from Happy never, Jacks fans. I never expected getting in after overtime after the interviews. Walking out, seeing the whole world packed up in their trucks, in cars, but most in the vehicles, not moving anywhere. I heard. I heard it was absolutely <laughs> so terrible. So I'm like, all right, plan B. Plan B, I'll just go over to Tailgaters, and I'll start wolfing down some beers. I know one of the bartenders over there. She's a really good girl. I, I, I've known her forever. And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's 1230 now, 1245. The um, Uber will go down. Right around last call. <laughs> so, sure Even enough, Mayor, former Mayor Lenny Curry was complaining about it. Traffic hasn't moved, leaving the stadium for 30 minutes. Zero movement. No. There's an operational problem, problem government problem. Solve it. Um, Jacksonville cannot handle a big bulk of traffic downtown. They, they just can't. And... You know, I I don't know. I, I've I've said it time and again. I, I mean, I stopped going that way forever, forever. I take Emerson now because it's such a beautiful drive. Emerson is only um, second to Phillips, Phillips Highway. Um, but I I now take that way in, and that can get congested. Uh, congested. But you know, back in the day, I would just barrel down 95 and go over the Main Street Bridge. And I'm telling you, man. And, like, years before I was a sideline reporter, because I was a sideline reporter, I, I, I was there, you know, basically before anyone else or, or when the early arrivers were, were getting. Because I'd get there, you know, several hours before kick. In the years before I was a sideline reporter, you know, I one o'clock game, maybe, you know, I get up at, you know, 11, 11, you know, 11, get out of there, 1130. Wow. You know, well, I didn't have a responsibility. Right. Then. I just like I didn't think you could get there in time. My responsibility was to watch the game and then go to the press conference in the locker room after the game. So, you know, I wasn't pregame tailgating. I'm a professional. I'm not going to booze and go. And, and you had a parking same. spot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You know, great parking spot. Um Lot J. I want to tell you, man, there'd be times to be like 12.15, 12.20, and I'm heading up, and it's the main street, and all of a sudden you'd hear breaks, and you'd look, and the bridge would open. And I'm like, all right, all right, I understand. You know, they built this bridge way back when. You got opening it to let the boat go by. Uh, boats, boats, whole whole bunch of boats. About it. I'm like, it's a boat caravan coming in, man. There's hundreds, there's thousands, and they, an armada, gonna... as they say. All of a sudden, I look out. It's like some old sailor, 
you know, like like an eighty-five-year-old sailor one with, boat. with his eighty-year-old bride, and it's it's one tiny sail, you know, that's coming, it's inching by it. Like the guy totally like is, you know, he's like the greatest boater of all time. He's involved in every single rule and Safety regulation. First. Yeah, you know, he's he's not one half mile going per hour over the this, speed limit. This guy's going five miles an hour. And everyone's going absolutely crazy, and you're thinking, all right, well, the Titanic's going by, right? No. Nope. It's the 85-year-old out with his 83-year-old bro, and, and, and they're on a 12-foot sailboat, but they got that high, uh, the high spear with the sail that may connect to the bottom of the Main Street Bridge, so uh, we're going to have to raise it. And that used to act absolutely drive me nuts, and I know it would drive other people nuts as well. And wouldn't it be a little bit easier to have a guy out there with, like, one of those big megaphones saying, excuse me, sir, you're not allowed to go across the bridge until after 1 p.m., until after kickoff. But anyway, I don't know how people get those jobs. Uh, Getting a whole bunch of good stuff coming in now, a lot of sarcastic stuff, which I uh, can appreciate. But um, (laughs) anyway, let's take a break. 641-1010. On our text line that's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, again, I made a, uh, oh, JJ and I made it, um, getting a, just a lot on Florida say, you know, they say, what, well, timing is everything, right? And, the announcement came out around noon on Sunday. Of course, ESPN milked it, so I think we got it around twelve twenty-five or something. But um, as things would be, Jacksonville gets his first Monday Night Football game in twelve years. So I do not have that opportunity to respond on Monday. Tonight is helmets and heels. It's the only night of the week that I come on at eight o'clock. The rest of the week, I am on six to eight. Trevor Lawrence goes down. Jaguars lose a huge game. Um, driving home last night, or if you sat at home and watched it and went to bed, so many of you were wondering, is that it? Is the season over? Is Trevor Lawrence gone? Uh, this is an NFL city. We are the home of the Jaguars. Every Monday is Jaguars first. Uh, that's what you want. I recognize that it's also a huge college football town. But the Jaguars, to me, are number one. And that is the premier story. This is my first chance to talk. It's Jaguars. The Jaguars had won going away. It still would have been the premier story. Florida State being hosed is a huge story. But I've pushed it back. We're going to do it tomorrow night right out of the gate at 6. And the only thing that I'll share with you right now is I think you're going to hear, this is going to be fun because there's going to be, you know, people enjoy misery. People enjoy others who are down. So there's going to be a whole bunch of, oh, my gosh, man, it's Wednesday and you're still complaining about this. You know, not knowing what I just explained about Monday and Tuesday. That's fine. I can handle that. I've got a whole hell of a lot to say about what happened, but I want to do it at the right time. And the right time for me is tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. We're going to begin with that. And, again, I think that you'll find that I have some things to say 
that you haven't heard really anywhere else. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. It's just I know some things back in Tallahassee that have been protected, that have been swept under the rug. And to some extent, I get it. I, I get why the local media wouldn't get after it. Um, I, I understand it, okay? It's different. Uh, you know, I, I, I just commented last hour about Doug Peterson and bringing up the crowd, making too much noise when they were on defense. Uh, I can't believe he did that. I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson, but I can't believe that came out of his mouth. Even though he kind of defended it, it was still bizarre. You're not going to get people in, people in Tallahassee would never say anything like that about a coach, you know, a mistake or, or call him out. It's always going to be pro, 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 pro. It's always going to be good, 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 good. No one's ever going to say, well, you know, Mike Norvell, if you had your guys ready for North Alabama, you wouldn't have had to have used Jordan Travis to try to pick up a first down, down 13 nothing in a game in which he ruined uh, his ankle and it ended up costing Florida State this call. This, you think anyone over there is ever going to say that? No. They're not going to say that. And I understand. I mean, J.J. and I talked about it last hour. I mean, freak injuries seem to happen against opponents like that. Okay, that's the way things typically go. But, you know, the other side of that can be if you went out there and took care of business the way that you're supposed to, you wouldn't have had to have run him. As a matter of fact, you hopefully would have had him on the bench and you would have seen Tate Rodemaker for a quarter and you would have seen Brock Glenn for a quarter. Um, Just... And that's just a little part of it. And it's not a Florida State bashing. I don't want you to – I mean, there's so many people to blame here. But Florida State's culpable. There's some things that they did to set themselves up. Leadership has always been a problem over there. It has. And, my gosh, man, who in the hell threatens to leave when you don't have a place to go? Whether that's personal or professional, who does that? If you're a disgruntled lady out there right now and you're like, that's it, I've had it with my husband, you're my fourth one, and I thought you'd be better, that's it, I'm out of here, I hope you got a place to go. I hope you got another man. I hope you got a nice home. You don't get up and leave if you don't have a place to go. Florida State threatened the ACC. Florida State said, we're better than you. The AC- Florida State proved themselves right. But it's their own fault for airing this with their board of trustees. They should have held it private. If it leaked, it leaked. At least you wouldn't be quoted the way that Drew Weatherford and others were. So a lot of it's on them. Paul Feinbaum was right when he said, no one in athletics likes Florida State. He was right. And and I think it hurt him as well. But I'm going to save all that for tomorrow night. That's coming up at 6 o'clock. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years.
All right, my takeaway is uh, is pretty simple. It's um, a football team right now in this great city that is beaten up. But it could be a whole heck of a lot worse. We did not hear of any season-ending injuries. It appears that the worst is Christian Kirk with the core. Okay, uh, reportedly he will have surgery. I would think out for the remainder of the regular season. Is he back in January? I, I think there's a, a really good chance of that. Again, I have no idea. It's much more than pain tolerance. It's about doing your job to the best of your ability. Can you do it effectively? Uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson had an awful lot to say about him today. I, it's better today than it was when he went down last night. And how long is he out? Only time will tell. But this thing could have been really, really bad. Are the priorities changed? Maybe. I mean, last night, if you won, you had a chance to hold on to that top seed in the AFC. Uh, it's not murderer's row. You got a real hard game at Cleveland and a real hard game here with Tampa. Or, excuse me, with Baltimore. I, I think the other three are incredibly winnable, including late in the year at Tennessee. Um, I don't. They played hard last Sunday. I don't know if they'll continuously play hard once they get knocked out. So, yes, it's not great, but it could be a lot worse. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Hacker Nation is here. Um, I, I did not get to hear your thoughts last night. I, I, I'll tell you this. All my years as a Saigon reporter, I can never think of a game where more guys went down than for Jacksonville last night. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was you wait 12 years for Monday Night Football, and that's what you get. The injuries, the horrific defensive performance. I mean, it was a, it was a football disaster. But like you said, I think um, now that the waters have calmed a little bit, it doesn't look as bad right now. And if you take it in totality, and this is going to be my message tonight, there's five games left. The number one seed's probably out of out of play, but honestly, Rick, I mean, yeah, the bye, the bye week is the most important thing there. This team is terrible at home. They're terrible. They're 6-0 and outside of Everbank Stadium. They're 2-4 and inside. Home field advantage for the Jaguars means nothing. So I'm not even worried about losing home games in the playoffs. I would want that bye. That's why I want the one seed. But it's simple. Go 3-2 and in your next five. Yeah. If you go 3-2 and in your next five, and the big one's Tennessee at the end of the year, have one of those three be a win in Nashville, you would then force Houston or Indy to run the table. They would have to go 5-0, and and considering they play each other week 18, one of them cannot do that. So if you simply go 3-2, and take your chances with either Houston or Indy having to go 5-0. and Yeah, and that, and, that, and that makes total sense, and I think they'll be able to do that. I mean, that game at the end of the year at Tennessee, who knows what's going on with the Titans by then? Who, who knows what, what they're doing? I mean, they played hard uh, two days ago, but just not able to get it done. All of a sudden, the Colts and the Texans really playing some good football. I haven't examined the Colts and, and, and Texans' next five opponents the way I obviously have Jacksonville, but I think with C.J. Beathard, if he was to play all five of those games, I think they're my guess would be three and two. Could be a four and one. My guess would be three and two. Now hey, they could end up being two and three. Who knows? But 
Um, yeah, that that's the t- tough part of it is you did have that first round bye in line last night. I, I think that goes away. All of a sudden, you're a game behind Miami and a game behind Baltimore. Yeah, you control your own destiny when it comes to Baltimore. But I got news for you. If they play last night uh, like against Baltimore like they did last night, no. they don't have a prayer of beating Baltimore. That's that's la-la land. I looked at Houston's schedule. It's a, it's a weird thing. They still play the Titans twice. They have two against Tennessee. They go to Indy, and then they have the Jets this week, and they have Cleveland. So a lot of the same games, yeah. right? So it, it's just interesting the way it worked out. Uh, Indianapolis has a little bit of a tougher slate, but again, that Indy-Houston game week 18 – could be potentially for the final wild card spot in the division. And right now, if the playoffs started right now as the four seed, the Jaguars would be hosting Pittsburgh. How That's about, not a bad deal. How about this? I just looked up Indy. Their next four opponents have all changed quarterbacks. Oh, is that right? At Cincinnati, yep. Pittsburgh, at Atlanta, Las Vegas. That's interesting. And and that that's the NFL. You go from Cincinnati <laughs> drum just beating you to a drum last night to now Jaguar fans are going to turn around in five yep. days. And be Bengal fans. Uh, it, it, it's nuts. Because and, and, Indianapolis goes in Yeah, there. three straight against the AFC North. But Jake Browning looked really impressive. Oh, um, he was impressive. And the defense time. was just terrible. Yeah. Just terrible. It was it was embarrassing last and, night. And it's, you know, I, I, I made a huge point. I was screaming about it last week. I was like, for the last 28 games, Jacksonville has averaged giving up 20 and a half points. They, they gave up 20.6 through the course of the entire 22, uh, 2022 season and 20.5 through the first 11 games of this year. So I made the point, you know that the defense is going to give up 20 and a half points. If you could score 21 points, you win. I was dead wrong. Well, no, I mean, a lot of people were wrong because a lot of people didn't see that defensive effort. I said this on the fifth quarter. When a team shows you who they are, believe them. The Jaguars have shown us they're good. They're not elite. They've had three chances at home in showcase games. Kansas City, San Francisco, and last night against Cincinnati to make statements, and they've gotten embarrassed in two of those games, and the offense didn't score a touchdown in the third game against Kansas City. They're good. They're not elite. So all this talk about with Baltimore and Miami and KC, put that to bed right now and just focus on getting into the playoffs. All right, what else is coming up? Obviously a lot of that. Usually Dave Campo on Monday night will have him tonight to recap uh, that loss last evening. Uh, we'll have Brent Beard to talk a little college ball. I know a lot of Florida State fans are still reeling. And we have three high school teams in the area that are playing for state championships in Tallahassee beginning Thursday afternoon. We'll have two of those head coaches, St. Augustine and Bradford County, coming up tonight. All right, Hack, have a lot of fun. Thanks, Rick. It's coming up right now. Thank you to all of you tonight. Good stuff. I don't check the text line now that the show is over. We will get to it tomorrow. You can get me right now on Twitter. Again, I'm going to have everything on this Florida State rage. And a lot of different ways to look at it. A lot of different facts, um, perhaps conspiracy, whatever. But I've sat on it because of the Jaguars. I'm going to get after it beginning tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. I hope you're here for it. For JJ with Salva, I am Rick Boyle. Have a great Tuesday night.